season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. We got episode number two of four this weekend. Had a great interview yesterday with Chicago Cubs prospect Connor Nolan. Another great episode here today. 2023 Arkansas baseball commit, Hawaii native, Arkansas Sticks shortstop. We've got Nolan Souza on the podcast. Six hours behind there in Hawaii. So it was midday for me during the interview, but for him it was around uh, seven, 6, 7 a.m. So uh, Pretty cool, pretty cool there being from Hawaii. Kind of, I, I believe that's our first guy from Hawaii to come on the podcast. So super excited for that. Nolan's just a great ball player, about to go dominate the SEC up there in Fayetteville. Super excited to see where his career takes him here these next couple of years. Uh, but today we kind of discuss what that traveling's like going from Hawaii to the mainland, what those Hawaiians call it, uh, just going back and forth between that um, in the summertime for tournaments and just other other events like that here in the mainland. We dig into his personal scouting report, talk about the Arkansas Sticks and how it's how the, how the Arkansas Sticks have meant so much to him, that relationship with Coach Brewster and all that. Uh, just dig into his entire career so far. Um, so let's dig into it and hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have Arkansas Sticks infielder, 2023 MLB draft prospect, Hawaii native, and 2023 Arkansas baseball commit. We've got Nolan Souza on the podcast, part of this Arkansas Sticks series we've got going on. Nolan, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? Yes, sir. Super pumped to be on here. I'm doing good. Awesome. All right, man. So it is 2.15 here where I'm from. 815 where you're at so i mean that's a big time zone difference you said you just got done with a workout so kind of take us through what that workout was and uh just how, how this the off season has been for you yes sir uh today was a full body workout kind of mostly leg focused but you know i got in there i wanted to get a good workout in this morning get my day started off right and uh kind of went heavy squats rdls today and then worked in some upper body and back too just trying to get all my muscles, right, especially with Jupiter coming up, trying to get ready for that. And uh, also worked on some rotational things for hitting power, too. Okay. So you mentioned before we started recording that you do have a nice schedule going on. You start at 9 o'clock every other day and then 10.30 on other days. So is that a, like a normal thing in Hawaii, or is that kind of like just for your school? Um, I think it's kind of more from my school. I, my, the school that I go to tries to form our schedules, more like college schedules, to get us – ready for that so I'm pretty sure that most other schools don't work it like that but I'm not completely sure so what does your average day look like since they said you said that they kind of like the structure like a, a college schedule yeah well I've been waking up at 5 a.m pretty much every weekday to come get a lift in early at school so I'll lift at 6 to about 7 30 ish 8 maybe and then I'll eat breakfast at school get ready for class kind of relax for a little bit then I'll go through my school day it's either 9 to 3 or 10 30 to 3 30 and then after that I'll go home and get all my baseball workouts in and 
you know, homework and everything, and then kind of restart that over again the next day. Of course. Um, so before we dig into the baseball side of things, I do have one question. Usually it's kind of my first question I ask everybody, kind of just, just skipped into it to talk about Hawaii a little bit. Uh, but before we dig into baseball, um, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Nolan Souza? Um, you know, definitely more of a calm and relaxed person, kind of laid back, especially here in Hawaii. Just like to relax, not not do too much. You know, go to the beach, surf every now and then. Kind of. I mean, I'm mostly focused on baseball out here. A lot of people wouldn't expect that, but we actually do have a lot of baseball going on, especially since we can play all year. And you know, that's kind of what I've been focused on, especially the last couple of years out here. Yeah. So being from Hawaii, I mean, that's kind of unique. I mean, being a top prospect going to Arkansas and SEC school, um, just with you being from Hawaii, how did you get connected with Coach Brewster and the Arkansas Sticks? I mean, I saw you played for the Hawaii Tigers for a little bit, uh, but just kind of take us through how you got connected with Coach Brewster and the Sticks. Yeah, well, I actually still do play with the Hawaii Tigers, and uh, I got connected to the Sticks through my Arkansas commitment. They kind of referred me to Coach Brewster to play with them over the summer. And um, my summer going into my junior year, I played just the WWBA with them and had a pretty good showing out there. So they invited me to come play again this summer. And, you know, I got back out there with them this summer and had a great time out there. So when you were playing with the Hawaii Tigers, was that more like when you guys would play travel tournaments? I mean, is there a lot of travel tournaments going on in Hawaii? Would you go to like the West Coast, like, Cali, Oregon, stuff like that? Or were you guys still traveling to some of these big tournaments um, on the East Coast, like the WWBA, uh, Jupiter, and all those tournaments? Yeah, we – the Tigers, we actually play mostly in Hawaii. And then over the summer, we'll go to – we'll get out to Ohio for a little bit, actually. And uh, we were playing against the Ohio Warhawks, the Midland Redskins, Cincinnati Spikes, teams like that out there. And stay out there usually for about – three weeks I think this year is closer to a month they were out there and I was I mean last summer I was with them the whole time but this summer I was kind of back and forth between them and the sticks kind of getting time where I need to with both teams okay so this past summer kind of playing on the east side of the United States for a good majority of the summer how do you adjust from that time difference because like I said I mean eastern time zone six hours ahead of you um so how just overall how do you adjust to that time difference and how just what's your mental approach to that yeah, I mean, adjusting to the time difference wasn't too bad for me because I started my summer off. I mean, it was a little difficult the first tournament. I went to the PBR showdown in Georgia, so that one was a little bit bad. But I've been kind of used to adjusting with that time difference since being from Hawaii, like living out here my whole life. That's just what it's been with travel baseball. So usually I'll go up a day or two before the other guys will come in just so that I can get my sleep schedule on time and you know, just that time difference. But being that I was up up in the States the whole summer, having that time difference wasn't too big of a deal. Okay. So this past summer, you didn't spend much time in Hawaii. You spent most of your time actually here in the – I don't even know. How, how do you how do you word it being from Hawaii? Like being you guys your own island, of being a state of the United States, but not being part of like the whole conjunction? Like how do you guys word that? Uh, we usually call it the mainland, yeah. The mainland? Okay. So this summer, did you spend more time in Hawaii or did you spend more time in the mainland? Definitely the mainland. I was probably in Hawaii for about two or two and a half weeks combined over the whole summer. So I spent spent about 
two two ish months in the in the mainland, yeah. Okay. So what does your general weekly schedule look like? Like are you going like let's say for the WWBA, for example, it starts on a I believe it's like a Wednesday, ends on a Tuesday. So when that tournament would end, would you head back to Hawaii or would you stay in the mainland somewhere and just go back and just get ready for the next tournament coming up? Uh, well, it worked out perfectly this year, actually, because uh, the Tigers were playing in the mainland during that time. So after the WWE, I flew straight to uh, Ohio to go play with them. And then I was kind of back and forth between there and Georgia or even Alabama for the um, PG Elite, that tournament. And uh, it was just kind of like that the whole summer, you know, flying back and forth, different events, different tournaments. And I think there was only maybe one time where I stayed with one of my friends in uh, Arkansas before the PG National Showcase. And then also before Area Code, I flew home for a week to okay. kind of prep myself just because there was that gap. And I kind of wanted to get back home and back into my normal routine, get some strength back. But besides that, I was playing basically every day of the summer. I think I had... Like, by the end of the summer, I think it came out to basically about a day, a game per day. So, Ooh, pretty man, busy schedule. That is, that is a rough schedule. So, playing for both those programs, the Arkansas Sticks and the Hawaii Tigers, like, what are just some differences that you've seen between each program? Um, I, um, I think it's just kind of different being that the Tigers are all from Hawaii. You know, we kind of know each other from before, and we get to play with each other the whole year compared to the Sticks. We kind of – it's more of like a show and go type of style. Like we don't really have practice as much. We usually practice maybe a day before the tournament just to kind of get everyone gelled with each other and on the same page. But to start off the summer with the sticks, I mean, some of the guys were the same from last year, but obviously some new guys on the team too. So kind of getting to know everyone was a little bit different than the Tigers, but that's the main difference. Just having like the, I guess you could say like, knowing everyone on the team and having, like, a good chemistry with everyone. Yeah. So you mentioned that the Sticks are kind of a show-and-go team. Um, so when it's like that and you're kind of just going, you're showing up, playing ball, and then you're going out to play somewhere else, um, how do you build team chemistry like that with some of your current teammates? And um, a, another question of that, who are some of the teammates that you've kind of built the biggest bonds with so far? Um, you know, definitely I think by the end of the first tournament, we really gelled with each other already. I mean – you would think it might take a little longer than that, but we basically spend, you know, all day at the ballpark together and then we go back to the hotel and we're all hanging out together. So, I mean, after the first week, we're all pretty close. And then after doing that the whole entire summer, we really gel well with each other. And um, some of the guys I've gotten closest with, especially, uh, I'm not sure if you know him, but Ty Wade, he's an Arkansas commit on the sticks. Yep. I played with him the summer before and got to know him kind of a little bit. And then, over this summer got closer to him and me and him keep in touch too over social media and stuff. And uh, I also stayed with him for about a week at his house during that break before the PG national. So me and him are pretty close. Um, some other guys I got close with this summer, you know, trip landers, Cade Smith, um, primetime guys like that on the team. Um, MJ Sal, even him. I mean, by the end of the summer, pretty much, Everyone on the team, we're all really close. Sam Salas, I mean, the sticks are a really tight group over the summer. So, yeah, I'd say we all got really close. Yeah, I've talked to – I mean, now that I'm starting the sticks series, it's a little bit more. But, but even before I talked to Brewster about getting this uh, – putting this whole thing on, like I had Trip on, Jet Johnston, 
um, Josh Heinemann, who I believe played a couple tournaments with you guys. And honestly, like just listen to all them talk about the program. Like it just seems like you guys are a really tight knit group that's really close and just, I mean, bonds pretty good. But now that you've played this whole past summer with the sticks, you said you played the WWA the summer before with the sticks overall, how's your relationship with coach Brewster? How did that start? And how has that grown over this past summer? Uh, you know, me and Coach Brewster have a good relationship. We, I mean, from the start, it was a pretty good relationship. And just getting to know him better over the summer and being around him all the time is a pretty good relationship. Yeah. So what? So the Sticks, like I said, it's a good program. I mean, you guys have guys who are committed to all these different SEC schools, guys who are getting drafted every year. Um, so just in your eyes, besides the team chemistry side of things, what's just led to all the success of the Arkansas Sticks program? I mean, you know, having good players around other good players is not much that can go wrong. Kind of feed off of each other and just having that confidence in your teammates every time you go to the plate, knowing that, I mean, everyone has confidence in themselves to get the job done. But knowing that, let's say you go up there and you don't, that the guy behind you and in front of you, they got your back. You know, everyone can pick each other up. I think it just builds a great team chemistry because everyone's so confident in the whole team. Yeah. So besides playing for the Hawaii Tigers and the Arkansas Sticks this summer, you also got to be a part of two pretty cool events, uh, obviously the area code event and the baseball factory event. I don't believe – were you at the PG National or no? I couldn't I couldn't find anything. Yes, yes, I was at the PG okay, National. Okay, so, th- so three pretty cool events there. So let's kind of dig through all three of them, kind of what the days were like there. Um, just starting with PG National – Kind of take us through how you found out you got invited and overall what that day-to-day was like was like um, there in Tampa. Yeah, PG National, I got the invite, I believe, beginning of the summer. I got an email that I got invited to that. So I kind of added that into my schedule, knew I was going to that. And uh, at the PG National, pretty good time. You know, you get to meet a lot of new guys. It's not, not like how you play with the same team, same players on your team, even though, I mean, there were guys on the teams that knew each other, but especially for me, I got to meet a lot of people I hadn't known before and build relationships with them. So it was good to just get to also see a bunch of great players out there do their thing and and kind of see what other people are doing, something that you might want to add to your game. And also just getting to play games against the best players in the country every single day. I mean, there's nothing bad about that. Yeah. So from what I've heard about the PG National, they like to put the majority of the guys who play on the same travel team together. But with with most of the guys who are on your travel team with the sticks being from like, I'd say the Midwest part of the South and you being from Hawaii, did they kind of put you on players who are from the West Coast or they put you on teams that were the same guys from your Arkansas Sticks team? Um, yeah, it was kind of weird. They Basically all the teams, they kind of tried to put guys that were on the same team together, but the couple of sticks players that got invited, they split all of us up. So I actually knew only one kid on my team when I showed up the first day, and that was because I'd played with him previously the last summer. So, I mean, obviously I was bummed that I didn't get to play with the guys that I knew and had relationships with, but it was also a good thing because I got to meet a lot of new people and get to play with new guys, learn new things from them too. So who are some of those other Arkansas sticks that were at the PG National with you? Um, Ty Wade and MJ Sauer, the other two that got invited to the PG National. 
So you mentioned there at the PG National when you did show up, there was only one other person on your team that was there that you've played with before and kind of had a prior uh, relationship with. So when you show up to all these big time events, when you're playing with other MLB uh, MLB draft prospects here coming up in 2023, how do you go about just building relationships with them, kind of making sure that you're taking full advantage of being in front of all these guys? I mean, you know, it's everyone. We all know each other are good. You know, we all know we're great baseball players out there. We're all obviously competing against each other, but at the same time, like it's all it's all fun at the end of the day. You know, we're all playing the game that we love, and it's just really good to get out there and get to meet everyone from the beginning. I mean, everyone's real talkative with each other, and uh, I mean, you meet one person, they introduce you to someone else that they know that you might not know yet, and it just kind of works like that. It keeps going and going and going, and you get yeah. by the end of the whole event, you get to meet basically everyone. Yeah. So digging into that area code experience. So that was kind of near the end of summer. Um, play, was it the Milwaukee Brewers team that you were on? I forget. Yes, sir. Okay. So kind of take us through that experience. Um, I know that was a little bit longer event than PG National, I believe. Um, so just kind of take us through what it was like being there in San Diego. Pl- I mean, playing with all – I mean, at that point, it was all the guys who were top prospects heading to college or getting drafted next year. Um, so just take us through that event, what the day-to-day was, and – Overall, just what it was like for you. Yeah, I loved Air Code. I mean, I thought that was a really good event to go to. and I had a blast over there. Um, obviously, that event's more guys from the West Coast that I played with because they split it up by where you are in the country. So I played with the kids that are from SoCal. And uh, even then, I still really didn't know anyone on the team, but I got to meet everyone really fast. The first day was kind of a showcase day, so we all got to – hang around each other and meet each other. And, you know, even though for me the first day was kind of rough, I didn't have a great showing in BP. But, I mean, even talking to the coaches there, it was a good chance for me to battle through adversity and show that I can bounce back from things like that. And I came out the day after that and went off and hit a leadoff home run in our second game. So, I mean, yeah, I just had a great experience out there. Obviously, really tough pitching, but I love getting to challenge myself against that that kind of caliber of pitching and it turned out great for me yeah what about baseball factory like how did that compare to the pg national and the area code event i mean you're the i've, I've interviewed guys who went to pg national and area code before but i honestly i think you're the first guy who was at that baseball factory event this past summer so i think that that's like a, a one two day thing compared to maybe a little like a little bit longer with area code and pg national so like how did you find out about baseball factory how you got invited and what was that event like for you yeah, that one, I mean, that one was, I found out pretty late, actually. I So I got invited to the tryout for that, or not really a tryout, but it was kind of like a workout where they would select the guys. And that was in Georgia, but I actually couldn't be there because I was in Ohio playing with the Hawaii Tigers that, that week. So I kind of, I mean, Coach Brewster texted me and told me that they had invited me, but I thought that there was no way I'd be able to make the game, being that I wasn't even there for the workout. But um, they made the effort to come out and watch me play, like, actual games and assess me that way. So she at PG National just one night, and my dad had called me. I had no clue what it was about, and he had uh, Steve Bernhardt, who was one of the heads of Baseball Factory, on the phone with him, and he kind of broke the news to me that night, and I was just super excited to get to be a part of that. So you mentioned your dad was kind of the, the person that kind of broke that news to you with, with Steve Barnhart. 
Um, so when you're traveling around the country to the mainland and just going to all these different baseball tournaments, does your dad, does he come with you as well? Or does he kind of stay in Hawaii and do his own thing and just follow virtually? Yeah, usually both my parents try to come, but this summer my dad wasn't able to make it the whole entire summer. So my mom actually traveled with me the whole summer and we didn't stay together the whole time because some of the time I'd like room with the guys on my team and stuff, but she she came along with me the whole summer and I was really happy to have her there to get to watch me and support me the whole time. Yeah. Definitely definitely builds a good relationship between you and your mom and you and both your parents when they're when they're out there traveling the mainland, just going to all these different parts of the country. Um, but with this this summer being your last travel ball summer, you go into Jupiter for maybe most likely going to be your last like travel ball event. I'm going to assume. I don't know, like in Hawaii, like are the Hawaii Tigers still playing? I know you say you guys play year round, so are you? Yeah, guys we. Still- yeah, we play every Sunday usually, and I mean when it gets closer to our high school season, we'll try to get maybe two or possibly three games a week just so that we can prepare more, but. We we play in Hawaii every single week, so okay. it's a really good deal, yeah. All right, so with, with your travel ball career coming to an end here in these next two, three, couple months before your high school season starts, um, just looking back at your ty- entire travel ball career before the sticks came along, when you were playing for the Tigers, when you were playing with the sticks, um, just looking back at your entire career so far, just what are some of the best memories that just come to your mind when you're thinking about travel, travel ball, traveling the country, and just going and, you know, just – playing ball yeah I think definitely one of the best memories that I had and one that really stands out to me is the first game I played with the sticks actually I was I mean kind of intimidated honestly because I never played on a team like that with such good players never played on a team that was just full of D1 commits and MLB draft prospects so kind of intimidating for me and I was also coming in to fill the role of Jason Jones that week which uh JJ's a good friend of mine now after meeting him and getting to spend some time with him. So, but I had to come in and fill his role and having never played for a team like that, it was kind of something that I wasn't quite sure of myself yet, but um, in my second at bat, and it was also my first perfect game event too. So two big things that were kind of on my mind that day, but in my second at bat that day, I was able to, hit a home run in the first game of our WWBA. So I was just super excited that day and kind of took a lot of stress off my shoulder and showed me that I could hang with all those guys. And that was really just what started my, like, I guess, being known amongst people because I was kind of under the radar my whole life being that in Hawaii, travel ball wasn't really big until last summer, really. Like, no one really went through the whole circuit and stuff like that. So that was kind of like the start to everyone starting to do travel ball and things like that. So yeah, I just, that's one of the biggest memories for me. Yeah. So playing in all these big time events, baseball factory area code, I mean, going to all these big time tournaments with the sticks like WWBA Lake point, <coughs> well, who would you say would be the toughest pitcher or maybe the couple of toughest pitchers that you've seen so far this season or even in previous years in your past? Oh, that's a good, Good one. Um, I mean, one of the toughest guys that I know of, I haven't faced him, but just playing with him and getting to watch him a lot. Uh, I'm not sure if you know Sean Fitzpatrick. He's at Arkansas right now. Yeah, I, I actually, actually a, was texting Sean yesterday. Yeah, Sean. I, I'm friends with Sean. Played with him on the sticks. Getting to watch him. He is, 
I mean, just absolutely disgusting as a pitcher. I don't know that my bat against him would go well, especially lefty on lefty. And uh, I've watched him just roll through teams over and over again and haven't really seen anyone have any type of success off of him. So he definitely one of the hardest pitches I've watched for sure. Um, and, you know, just especially Code in the baseball factory event this summer, just seeing guys throwing mid to upper 90s. I mean, at Code I faced Sakura, who's – Throwing 101, which is just ridiculous for a high school kid. And, uh, you know, nowadays, like, there's not – at events like that, there's really no one that's, like, a easy pitcher to hit off of. Everyone's throwing 90s nowadays, so. Yeah. With I mean, I mean with, with Fitzpatrick being one of the toughest guys you face, I mean, it's probably a good thing he's going to be on, on your side, of, on, on your team here these next couple of years once you head to Arkansas. Yeah, well, I've actually never faced him. I'm just – I've watched him over and over oh, again. Oh, so. okay. I see. Yeah. So, moving on to – moving away from travel ball a little bit, talking about high school ball in Hawaii. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't have much knowledge on Hawaii high school baseball. I assume you guys kind of start in that January, February area, just like other other high schools here in the mainland, right? Yes, yeah, sir. We start early February. Okay. So how does the competition over there in Hawaii, how does that compare to some of the competition over here in the mainland? Um, and just what, what have you seen just playing over here a lot these past couple of seasons compared to playing um, all the Hawaii competition? Yeah, no, I mean, in Hawaii, it's a little different style of baseball compared to the mainland. You know, obviously we don't have the guys that are 6'5", 230 pounds, just like all around over here. So, a little bit different style of baseball. And, I mean, especially being such, like, a small island over here, we all know each other, too. So the games get really competitive, get really heated. You know, it's super fun to get to play out here against everyone. And, I mean, you're playing against your friends basically every single day. So, I mean, you just got to love that. But yeah. we we don't have, like, the big mid-'90s arms, like, every single game like there is in, let's say, Texas or something like that. But – I still love playing out here. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun, and I would never change anything about it. Yeah. So getting the chance to kind of travel around the country these past couple of, these past couple of years, have you noticed like maybe a culture difference from the culture in Hawaii compared to some of these other states like um, Atlanta, maybe North Car- I mean Georgia, North Carolina, all these Ohio, all these other states you've been traveling to? Yeah. I mean, the main thing is just. Hawaii is a lot different than everywhere else. You know, everyone knows each other here, like I've said. So it's more of like a family atmosphere, you could say, here. Everyone's your friend, you know. I mean, if you don't know them directly, I'm sure you know someone who does know them. So that's just one of the main differences I know. And over here, it's just a big mixing pot of people. You know, there's anyone that you could think of here. It's just a lot of fun to get to play against all kinds of different people. And I think the main difference from here to let's say the mainland would be just, I mean, I don't know, but like, I guess how I've said it, like the family atmosphere, I feel like on the mainland, not everyone knows each other. You may have played against the people, but you don't really. So even if like the games do get heated or something like that, it's, I mean, everyone just kind of lets it go because the game's the game, right? You don't really know the people, but I feel like over here, it's like, you just know everyone a lot better. So, yeah. Yeah. so let's 
let's move on away. Let's let's dig into the recruiting process a little bit. So committed to Arkansas now for a little for a while. Um, so just just let's let's dig into it. How did that recruiting process? How did it start for you? And when did you start getting noticed by some of those Division One teams? Yeah, the recruiting process for me started during COVID, which, I mean, I had no idea it was even about to start. My, I didn't really know much about recruiting or college baseball when I was growing up, so it was all really new for me, and I didn't really know that I could even use social media to my advantage, but um, there was a workout with the Hawaii Tigers that I had when COVID had first started, and they kind of made a recruiting video for me, and uh, one of my coaches, Rick Nomura, had played for Arkansas before. So he he sent that video directly to Coach Van Horn, and as well as that video got posted on places like Five Tool and Youth Box Hawaii and things like that. And it kind of just spread around to, like, a lot of colleges. And Arkansas was actually my first call. So started off pretty big there. Yeah. And, so um, Go ahead. So after that initial conversation with Arkansas, um, how long did it really take you to start talking to some other teams? Who were some of those teams you were talking to? Um, and how long did it take before you actually did decide on Arkansas? Yeah, I mean, it was a really quick process. I started talking to Arkansas, and I mean, the next day I had calls with other schools too. Um, I was talking to Coach Vitello at Tennessee, um, obviously UH here, talking to a lot of California schools as well. And um, just kind of over the process and learning more about Arkansas, I realized that if I got the chance to play for them and get an offer from them, that that was the school that I wanted to go to because, I mean, I just kind of fell in love with the program, the coaching staff, the atmosphere and everything that's at Arkansas. And I really feel like if it's not going with the draft out of high school, that Arkansas is the best way for me to achieve my hopes and dreams of making it to the MLB. So that's kind of how I knew that I would want to go there if I had the chance to. And after about two months, two months was how long my recruiting process was in total. They had, they had offered me and I mean, I immediately committed just because I had already known that that's where I wanted to go to. Yeah. So when you were going through this, this, this whole process, you're talking to Coach Vitella, talking to Arkansas, um, some of those California schools. Uh, what were some of those initial conversations like with some of those coaches? The, were they a lot – were they very similar, like on the things that coaches were bringing up? Or did, did different coaches have different perspectives on how to go about it? Uh, just kind of take us through what some of those initial phone calls were like. Yeah, I mean, I think they're all pretty similar to begin with. All of them try to – introduce the school and introduce their program and show you what it would be like if you were part of the program. That's usually how the first phone calls go. They try to get to know you a little bit, see what kind of person you are. And um, I think the approaches they have differ as you call them more and more. You know, some of them want to build a more personal relationship with you as to some of them want to just see more game film or videos of you fielding and hitting. So that's where I noticed the biggest difference is just in what they want to see and like how they want to get to know you as to when they're going to offer you and what they're going to offer you. Yeah. So you mentioned that Arkansas kind of, it gives you the best chance to make it to professional baseball, to make it to the major leagues, which I mean is really true. I mean, Arkansas has to be maybe in the top three when it comes to college baseball programs. 
So besides that, what else were you looking for in a program before you were committing as you were going through this recruiting process? Yeah, well, I mean, it was all kind of new to me, especially when Arkansas called me because, I, I mean, like I said, I didn't really know anything about it. So I was kind of learning even what I wanted as I was going. And I think that as I kind of got to talk to more schools and just learn what a bunch of different programs were like and what it would be like to play at different programs, that's what helped me decide what I was looking for. You know, the uh, facilities at Arkansas, as well as getting to play in front of a crowd like that, is just something that you can't really turn down. I mean, there's so many benefits to going there. They have the nutrition you need, the housing you need, the any facility you could ask for. You know, their field is amazing. To me, probably the best field in college baseball. And just their coaching staff, too, is just – I fell in love with the way they coach their players and the way they run their program, and it was just something I really wanted to be a part of. Yeah. So playing for the Arkansas Sticks and being committed to Arkansas, you obviously have a bunch of relationships with guys you're going to be playing with here in the future. So when did you start building relationships and just start networking with other guys who are committed to Arkansas, maybe even potentially playing there right now, like you mentioned, Sean Fitzpatrick, Jason Jones? Um, who, what are some of those relationships that you have with some future teammates, and how did you go about building some of those? Um, it started actually right after I committed. Um, when I posted my commitment, some of the other guys in the 2023 class had seen it, and uh, we all have a group chat actually so they added me to that and I kind of got to meet some of the guys that way and then I also got to meet a bunch of guys when I went to play with the Arkansas Sticks that first summer and those are some of the guys I know that are playing right now as I mentioned Sean and JJ as well as Josh Heineman, um, Reese Robinette, um, Park, Parker, uh, just meeting a bunch of guys that way that are in the 2022 class. And then I also got to meet some guys in the 2023 class that summer, as well as this summer, I met the guys in the sticks, like we mentioned, and then also at um, the baseball factory event and area code, I got to meet a bunch of guys. I got to meet um, Kendall George, who's a 2023 commit at area code. And then at baseball factory, I got to meet Aiden Miller, Adam Hackman and uh, Barrett Kent. So just, it's been really good getting to know everyone. And I mean, we all have good relationships with each other and it'll be a blast when we all get to play together there. Yeah. So talking about relationships, how is your relationship with the, the Arkansas coaching staff? So the head coach, some of the assistant coaches, how has that evolved over time since you have committed to Arkansas? Yeah, it's been great. You know, I just got to know them more on a personal level as we've gone on and keep in touch with them. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting to actually meet Coach Van Horn. I met Coach Thompson in person over the summers. You know, I've seen him around, but I haven't met Coach Van Horn in person yet. So I'm really looking forward to that when I go on my official, which is coming up in the next week or two. Okay, so you ready to be in Arkansas? You ready to go to Fayetteville, watch a football game, and just get to experience that whole thing? Yes, sir. Awesome. All right, man. So I've got a couple more questions for you. I know you said you have class start here pretty soon, so I just want to end it off, yes, talk sir. about a couple other things. Um, so since you are a 2023 MLB draft prospect, you did say that you have an advisor. With me wanting to be an advisor, I kind of want to dig into that just a little bit. Um, so when wasn't that agents and advisors started reaching out to you? Um, the first contact I had was my junior summer. So going into my junior year, 
And it was kind of just at a, in Ohio, you know, a guy saw me playing. He had heard about me and just kind of came out and watched. And he actually introduced my introduced himself to my parents. And that was the first contact that we had with an advisor. And then the advisors I'm with right now, CAA Baseball, I met them in Jupiter last year. So they, they had heard about me over the summer and called, you know, the Arkansas coaches, called Coach Brewster to kind of, learn about what kind of person I am first, because obviously that's a big thing to them. It can't just be what kind of player you are. It's what kind of person you are too. So they kind of did their research on me first and then introduced themselves to me at Jupiter. And after that, we kind of talking a little bit, they flew down to Hawaii actually to do a little workout with me, come to my house and we had dinner and everything. So it was great to get to meet them there. And uh, we just furthered our relationship after that. And I mean, after getting to know them for a little bit and kind of seeing what they're about, what kind of guys that they worked with and how they were helping their clients, I just decided that they were the best fit for me and I wanted to further further my career going with them. Yeah. So as you were going through this process from when that first guy in Ohio introduced himself to when you're talking to CAA, were there other advisors slash agents that were reaching out or was it mainly just those guys? There were a couple others just because it was so early. So there wasn't too many, but there were a couple other agencies that reached okay. out. So as you were going through the process of, not, I'm not going to say picking an agent because he's not your agent yet, but picking an advisor. Uh, what were some of the key things that you were looking for um, just in the clientele, in the person that was uh, reaching out to you from the company? Yeah. I mean, I just kind of looked at, how I how I gelled with them, you know, obviously I have to have a good relationship with my advisor, a person that's going to be there with me and work with me for the rest of my career. So just kind of that. And then I also kind of looked at how, how much they could help me and how they worked with their clients too. I mean, I can see what, I mean, who their clients are and kind of based that like how, I mean, that that's going to be me in the future, hopefully. So just looking through all that kind of stuff and seeing if that's what I really wanted for my future. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that, that is what I decided on. So throughout the, throughout the process of choosing an advisor, was there anything that other advisors or agents that did that just didn't impress you whatsoever? And you were just like, all right, I, I don't want to be with that guy because of a certain reason. I mean, there wasn't anything that didn't impress me, but what's just, I mean, impressed me the most about CIA was that they made the effort. They made the effort to really like keep in contact with me. They'd text me every week, try to set up calls with me, see how I was doing. Just not only cared about my baseball, but cared about me as a person. And they also made the effort to come out to Hawaii and see me, which is something that no one else did. So that really just showed showed me how much they wanted me as a client, and you know, to work with me in the future too. Yeah. All right. So moving on to your the just um, on the field play here, just a little bit. We'll talk about that for a second, and then I got one last question, and we'll end it off. Got class here starting soon. So you're listed as a second baseman, shortstop, and a third baseman. Have you talked to the Arkansas coaching staff on what the plan is on college, in college? Like, are you planning on sticking to one position, or are you going to try to be a utility guy um, like you have been so far in your career? I mean, you know, obviously the hope is to go to Arkansas and be a shortstop, but it's good that I can play second and third too because, you know, obviously there can be a guy that's already there, and – maybe you don't beat them out your freshman year. So it's good to have different positions that you can play because, I mean, at the end of the day, what matters is that you're on the field playing and in the batting lineup every single day. So, yeah. 
So how do you how do you adjust on a day to day basis when you're playing different positions? If you if you're going to the ball diamond, you don't know if you're playing short, second, or third. Um, and you then you find out where you are playing that day. Like, how do you go about it? Like, do you have different mindsets for each position when it comes to like watching the ball off the bat, or is it kind of all the same? Uh, when you're you're on the field, you're on the field. You're there to make plays. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think short, short and second are a little more similar than third, just because third you're a lot closer. You got to watch for the bunt. Ball comes a lot harder most of the time too. So a little bit different mindset there. I mean, at third, I'm usually getting a little lower and wider because I'm not trying to cover as much ground. But I mean, it's the same mindset overall. I mean, you got to be ready for the ball every single at bat, every single pitch, and just want the ball mostly. So what? So what would you say would be the biggest thing that you're wanting to work on before you head to Arkansas's campus here next fall in the fall of 2023? Um, I mean, you know, just refining everything I have. I mean, I feel like I'm in a pretty good place right now, but obviously you can always get better every single day. So, I mean, I'm really just working hard to get in the weight room, get faster, stronger, you know, hit the ball harder, throw the ball harder, have a first, uh, quick first step to the ball on defense, you know, that, that'll help stealing bases too. So helping my baseball IQ, that's another thing I want to do. And I mean, just refining all the little things in the game is really going to help me next year, I, I think so. Yeah. All right, Nolan, I got one last question here before we end it off. Um, so name, image, and likeness, that's a new thing that's hit in college campuses here these past couple of years. So with you heading to Arkansas in the fall of 2023, you're most likely going to get that opportunity to potentially endorse, potentially collaborate with different brands. So once, once you do get that opportunity, what would be your dream brand to endorse slash work with, and what would be the reason for that? Ooh, I mean, personally for me, it would probably be Nike or, I mean, I'm a big fan of Lululemon too. <laughs> you know, right, hey, Nike, man, you're, not the, you're not the first person to say Lululemon. I've had, I've had a lot yeah. of that. So Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I mean, Arkansas is already with Nike, so gotta love that. I mean, I've been a fan of their shoes and all their gear for baseball and stuff my whole life. So obviously that, and then, I mean, I just like the clothes that both Nike and Lulu make, so. Yeah, those two would probably be my two favorite. So no no small brand in Hawaii that no one's ever really heard of you want to endorse? I mean, I'm open to endorsing all the small brands in Hawaii. You know, I want to promote local brands here and see what I can do to help them, being that that could help put them on a bigger stage. So if that opportunity comes up, I definitely love yeah. that. So what what's something in Hawaii that you that you know pretty well that you don't think people in the mainland know too much about? Oh, I mean there's a lot. There's just a lot of smaller clothing brands and things here that may not have reached the mainland yet, but I mean, there's just too many name, really. All right. All right. Well, Nolan, that's all the questions I got for you. I mean, I had a little bit more, but I do want to wrap it up. So you got time to go to class. Um, so I just really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm appreciative that Coach Brewster got us connected doing this whole Arkansas stick series. Um, just want to wish you the best of luck here as you head into the fall ball next spring. And as you head into the 2023 MLB draft and beyond at Arkansas. So I just really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. And that's going to do it for another episode of the JKR podcast. Episode number two of four this weekend. 
I've enjoyed both interviews so far. Hope you guys have enjoyed them as well. Some great content here these past couple days. Expect the same as we continue on to this weekend. Tomorrow we've got CJ Richard, 2023 Ohio State commit coming on the podcast. Then Sunday to end off week two, MJ Seau, 2023 LSU baseball commit. Um, this Arkansas baseball series, um, Ar- sorry, Arkansas Sticks baseball series been going great so far. Been great learning about this great organization that Coach Brewster has been able to grow and evolve these past couple years. Um, got some great stuff going on. They announced some stuff here these past couple weeks as being the Chicago White Sox scout team, creating a partnership with some great media sources. So um, Coach Brewster's obviously doing an A1 job. Any travel ball organization needs to look and see what he is doing. Um, but, no, make sure to check out those two other episodes here the rest of this week. want to thank you guys for listening. But um, for any more updates on the JKR podcast, go check out our social media. Check out our website. Social media is going to be at JKR underscore podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Then our website is www jkrpodcast.com so check those out give us a follow give us a, hit the subscribe button uh, but with that being said we'll catch you guys tomorrow for the for the cj richard interview and you guys have a great day